Hello everyone and welcome back to Beast Corner, a true crime podcast where I dive into some of the most infamous true crime cases of all times. Uh, So for today, I have yet another serial killer, uh, Nanny Doss, aka the Giggling Nanny. Uh, I know that I've been gone long time again, but uh, I've just recently finished my IB exams and I finally have some time to be able to record episodes for you guys and yeah I only have like a few high school related stuff left and then you know high school is over yeah I'm, I'm really excited for that but um anyways let's talk about Nanny Doss um for me Nanny Doss is like one of the very first female serial killers that I uh ever like listened about you know, I've always heard male, male serial killers and the movies, the TV shows that I've watched really depicted the serial killer figure as a male. Uh, and like the only female serial killer that I had heard was Ellen Wuornos. So when I actually um, started to learn about like other female serial killers, Nanny Doss really um, piqued my interest. So who was Nanny Doss, aka the giggling nanny? Uh, Nanny Doss was born on November 4, 1905 in Alabama under the name Nancy Hazel. Um, not so much is known about her childhood, uh, but she did dislike her father. It looks like her father used to make her and her uh, three sisters and one brother uh, work on the farm rather than go to school. Uh, he also forbade the girls to ever dress in a provocative way or even wear makeup or even participate in social events. Uh, but Nanny did love her, uh, did love to read her mother's romance magazines. She started imagining her own love fairy tale. Uh, when she was around seven years old, she had, had an accident. She hid her head in the metal bar in front of her seat in the train that she was traveling in. Uh, Obviously, when the train suddenly stopped, she started developing headaches and depression after that accident. Uh, when she was 16 years old, Nanny was dating Charles Braggs, a co-worker at the linen factory, for about uh, four or five months when they decided to get married. Nanny's father approved of the marriage, so she moved in with her new husband and his mother. But life uh, as a married woman wasn't as expected. Uh, she said her mother-in-law was overprotective with her husband and very strict with her. Uh, Nanny and Charlie had four children together, but the couple was often engaging uh, in infidelity. Uh, the first suspicious deaths uh, in 1927, two of their children, the two middle ones, died of, quote, food poisoning, uh, as Nanny explained. Charlie, soon after death of the children, took the oldest daughter, Melvina, and left the house. And his mother not, uh, died not long after that. In 1928, however, Charlie returned with the daughter, uh, Nanny taking both of her children and moved to her mother's house. Much later on, uh, Char- Charlie Braggs said that the reason why he left was because he was afraid of her. Um, honestly, it's a bit strange leaving your youngest daughter with the woman you are afraid of. That's that's quite strange. Uh, being divorced from Charlie Braggs, Nanny was now a free woman once again, uh, ready to start her promised love story. So in 1929, Nanny married again. 
uh, this time to Frank Harrelson, and they lived together in Jacksonville with Melvina and Florine. She was twenty uh, four years old, and her second marriage proved to be with an alcoholic man, but the marriage still lasted for sixteen years. Time passed, and Melvina, the oldest daughter, gave birth to a boy in nineteen forty three. His name was Robert Lee Haynes. Two years later, she gave birth to another boy, but the youngest died soon after. Uh, so died soon after a visit from nanny. Uh, she was holding the baby when she said that he the the baby had died. Melvina thought to have seen her mother stick a hat pin into the baby's dead head. Um, but doctors couldn't determine the cause of that death. Melvina and her husband drifted apart and apparently had uh, fights with her mother. During one of these fights, she left the house to visit her dad. While away, her her firstborn son, Robert Lee, had passed away. A reason of death was uh, asphyxia from unknown causes. Uh, but... Uh, the first dead husband happened after a long night of drinking and celebration. Frank, uh, as drunk as he was, wanted his wife to perform her duty as a woman and go to bed with him, but Nanny refused. The next day, Nanny topped Frank's uh, whiskey jar with rat poison. Needless to say, Frank suffered a painful death. Then came the third marriage. His name was Arlie Lenning, and they had met through a Lonely Hearts column in the paper. Arlie was an alcoholic too, as well as a womanizer, but Nanny wasn't a saint herself. Apparently, she used to disappear for weeks, and while at home, she behaved like the perfect wife. Arlie died of what was believed to be heart failure at that time. Because that wasn't bad enough, the house they lived in burned down, Nanny cashing the insurance soon after. Her mother-in-law died in her sleep, and Nanny decided to leave the area and go live with her sister, who was sick and was confined to bed. But soon after moving in with her, uh, her sister died. For the first marriage, it looked like Nanny kept uh, failing to find the perfect husband, and people just kept dying around her. But this didn't stop Nanny to look for another husband. She had met Richard L. Morton of Emporia, Kansas, uh, Richard wasn't an alcoholic, but he was a womanizer. Uh, Nanny's mother moved in with them, but she died soon after, in January 1953. Just a couple of months after that, uh, her husband, her new fourth husband, dies as well. Finally, the fifth marriage, the last one. In June 1953, Nanny marries Samuel Das of Tulsa, Oklahoma, he was a religious man and disapproved of some things that Nanny liked, like her romance magazines. Uh, not long into their marriage, Samuel ends up dead. Uh, but because he was recently released from the hospital, his doctor decided to ask for an autopsy to see uh, what could have caused the sudden death. With the autopsy, autopsy results revealed, uh, police stepped in. The autopsy of her late husband revealed huge arsenic levels in his body. Police were alerted and Nanny got arrested. Uh, during police interrogation, Nanny was smiling and giggling, not showing any signs of guilt or fear. She kept saying that uh, her conscience was clear, but the news of her arrest spread and it didn't take long before people started calling the police and tipping them about Nanny, Nanny and all 
the suspected deaths around her. Uh, when police confronted her with the evidence, Nanny admitted she had poisoned her last husband because he never let her do anything and he prayed her to even own a radio or a fan in the house. Um, at this point, police was suspecting Nanny uh, of a couple of murders but couldn't prove them all so they need needed her admissions. Passing her with the questions, Nanny started to uh, confess one crime at a time. After each confession, she said, now my conscience is clear. She confessed killing all her husbands except the first one, but she stopped there. Though autopsy uh, showed signs of possible poison on some of the other victims, she never confessed any of them. Um, despite being a serial killer, Nanny enjoyed her fame. She kept giggling and smiling during her trial, even making jokes about the recipes she used to cook and poison. Drew uh, didn't find her as amusing, so on May 17, 1955, Nanny, uh, at 50 years old, confessed killing Samuel Doss, her last husband, in return for a life sentence. And uh, in 1963, Nanny Doss died in prison. Um, yeah, she was never prosecuted for other murders, but many believed she was responsible for at least 11 deaths. And, you know, that's the overall story of Nanny Doss. Like I said, she really interested me a lot when I first heard about her. Yeah, uh, and I would also like to apologize if I read any of the names uh, wrong. As you all know by now, that English isn't my first language. And with that disclaimer being made, I'll see you guys in the next episode.